If you will, please turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. If you need a Bible, there should be some in the chairs in front of you, and you can turn there to page 179. We're in a sermon series this new year in the book of Joshua. And here in chapter 4, we're still crossing the Jordan. It takes a while to get a few million people across the river. And we will see what God's word has for us this morning. If you would, please follow along as we read his holy word. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, Yahweh said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of Yahweh your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So the stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as Yahweh told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that Yahweh commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of Yahweh and the priest over before the people, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before Yahweh for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, Yahweh exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And Yahweh said to Joshua, Command the priests bearing the ark of the testimony to come out, out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of Yahweh came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the souls of the priests were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took up out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let the children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For Yahweh your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As Yahweh your God dried 
did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of Yahweh is mighty, that you may fear Yahweh your God forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your holy word, and we thank you for the truth that it contains for us today, your church. So, Lord, teach us. Strengthen our faith, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Dr. Dale Ralph Davis, in his commentary on Joshua, states this, that the greatest enemy of faith may be forgetfulness. The greatest enemy of faith may be forgetfulness. We forget. We are a forgetful people. We are prone to wonder. We are prone to forget God's loving kindness. We forget the power of the gospel to change our everyday lives. And so we need to be reminded over and over and over again of God's faithfulness. In fact, we need tangible reminders of God's faithfulness to help us in our forgetfulness. One of the things that we're told every day, and this is a good practice for the Christian life, is that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. Every day we need to remind ourselves of the gospel of grace. In other words, we need to remind ourselves of the wonderful grace that has been afforded to us because of the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we must do this is because inevitably, as we go throughout our days, as we go throughout our weeks, something is going to happen that's going to disappoint us. We're going to be disappointed. Something hard is going to happen to us. Maybe something tragic will happen to us. And we will lose our grip on the reality that is ours in Christ Jesus. And so we need to remind ourselves. We need to be reminded. We need to remember the Father's love toward sinners. We need reminders of God's work of redemption in our day-to-day lives. We need reminders that God is with us. We need to be reminded that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he has gone before us and lived a perfect life and died a perfect death on our behalf. We need these things because we forget. We need these things because we get discouraged. We need these things because oftentimes hard things happen in our lives and we forget we forget about God and so here in Joshua chapter 4 Yahweh commands Joshua to tell the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel to make a stone memorial to set up 12 stones here as a reminder a reminder forever it says a reminder that Yahweh their God he is with his people A reminder that Yahweh, their God, he was with his people and that he will be with his people. He is their God and he is their people and we are his people. And so don't forget. Don't forget, Joshua. Tell the people not to forget. Church, don't forget that Yahweh God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is with you. And so this story here in Joshua is going to teach us some very important lessons about the Christian life and how we are to remember the Lord at all times, how we are to know the greatness of the Lord in all things, 
and how we are to fear the Lord. So let's look at those three things. The first is here, we need to remember the Lord. That is what the people of Israel are commanded to do here, to remember the great works that God was doing. Earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read in our scripture reading during the service that there is one very important thing that a God-fearing family must do, and that is tell the next generation about the Lord and teach him his word. Teach the next generation. Pass on the legacy of faith. Remind them of the great wonders of God, least we forget. And so those 12 stones were to be reminder to Israel of, of the covenant faithfulness and the miraculous power of their God who was guiding them on every step of the way. He was not just some lucky rabbit's foot that they hoped would, would possibly give them luck. He was doing miracles and wonders among them, and they needed to be reminded of this, especially as they got ready for holy war. And these stones were, in fact, pointing to a greater truth. The stones themselves did not contain power, but they were a sign. And what do signs do? Signs point beyond themselves. Signs point to a greater reality. Just like Jesus' miracles, they attested to his deity, to his power, to the wonder that he would work among his people, especially that great work whereby he would forgive the sins of those who trust in him by his death. Just as Jesus' miracles pointed to his greatness and his love toward his people, so these stones show that Yahweh their God, he was with his people. These stones were most importantly, with the scriptures teach us in several different places here in Joshua chapter 4, that they were a teaching opportunity for parents. Parents, I hope you took note of this. Grandparents as well. These were not just simple monuments. They were an opportunity for parents to tell their children about the power of God until salvation. Notice there in verse 6 when the writer says, when your children ask you in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Father, mother, what, what are these big stones stacked up here for? What, what's the purpose of them? Why are we coming back to, to notice them? The parents were to tell their children about the great power of God and the great wonder of Yahweh their God by telling them how he enabled an entire nation to cross a flooded Jordan River to enter the promised land. I mean, what? That's better than like Yosemite, right? <laughs> I mean, think about what God did here at this monument. And so parents, are you taking the opportunity to tell your children about the power of God? Are you using those everyday life moments to point them to God and his faithfulness. Perhaps it's through God's majesty and creation that you may notice on a trip or observing the natural wonders of our world. Perhaps it's you sharing the wonder and the power of God with your children by giving them your testimony. Have you ever done that, parents? Have you shared with your children your, your testimony of how you came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, how 
Jesus entered into your life and by the power of the Holy Spirit converted you and changed you. Maybe it was through the faithfulness of your parents or maybe it was through something radical that God did. Have you shared that with your children? Parents and grandparents, aunts, uncles, are you taking advantage of those times when your children ask you, what does that mean? What happened there? Why are things like that? Are you using those precious moments to teach your children about God and about his faithfulness and the wonder of who he is? But what about us today? What do we have to remember? What do we have as reminders of God's faithfulness? Few of us can just travel to the Jordan River and see these 12 stones. We can't just travel to Israel and meditate at Calvary's cross. What do we have to help us remember God's wonderful acts of redemption throughout history? Well, what we have is what has been called in the church for ages the ordinary means of grace. The ordinary means of grace. And the beautiful part about these ordinary means of grace is that they are far from ordinary. They are, in fact, extraordinary. God has given us the word and the sacraments. He has given us his holy word, the Bible, so that we may know everything we need for life and for godliness. Everything that we need to know to grow in our faith. Everything that we need to be reminded of the loving kindness and the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is given to us in his word. But what is more, God has also given us the sacraments of the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, and baptism that we will observe next week. He's given us these things as as visible, tangible reminders of his love, of his faithfulness, of the wonder that he has done in our lives, in the lives of his people. And so before us today, we have a memorial, a memorial that we have on the second Sunday of each month. It's a unique and distinct meal that we call the Lord's Supper. And it's a very specific reminder that we get to partake of parents we get to be ready to answer our children's questions what does that mean why do we do that who are those men serving when can i have it we can take this opportunity to point ourselves into others to the cross to the cross of the lord jesus christ and be reminded that it's more than just some neat religious symbol That it's the place where our great shepherd, he soaked up the wrath of God on our behalf. That he atoned for the sins of his people. And that he covered us with his righteousness. Praise God that our Lord Jesus has given us something this morning that we can see. We can see it. It's something that we can taste with our taste buds. It's something that we can feel. And be reminded that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is real. 
that Christ has poured out his love upon us by his sacrifice, by his body that was killed and his blood that was shed. And so the call this morning for us is to remember, to remember what the Lord Jesus has done for us, to remember that he has done and will do great things. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Come, let us celebrate the festival. That is what this meal cries out to us. It's a reminder. We need to be reminded, don't we, over and over and over of that very good gospel. So let us not give up on meeting together. Let us come week after week after week, day by day in personal worship and remember what God has done for us. Secondly, this passage teaches us that we need to know the greatness of the Lord. If you go all the way to the end, of this chapter in verse 24, you'll notice that this whole event was a teaching opportunity. It was a memorial to show the nation, to show the nations, and to show the Gentiles, those who didn't know the Lord, how great he is. But it was also to show the people how they are to fear him. So the thing that we see there first is that they are to know, the nations are to know the greatness of the Lord, to know the Lord. To truly know, this word in Hebrew has a very uh, intimate and deep meaning. It, it's talking about intimate knowledge of who God is and what he has done. They are to know the Lord. But the knowledge that is to be spread here in Joshua 4 is that all the earth, not just Israel, not just the people of God, but all the nations, and the church here was to be a demonstration of the power and the mightiness of God. Because you see, not everyone believes. Not everyone knows God. Not everyone is convinced that Yahweh is God, that Jesus is Lord, that he's the only God, the king of all the earth. But here in Joshua 4, soon they will know. And word was spreading quickly across the land of Canaan that Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry land because their God was not only going before them, but he was doing wonders among them, drying up the river. And in the next few chapters, we'll see how he fights for them at Jericho. It's to be the same with us. People are to know the Lord. And to see that Jesus is real by our works. They can, the world can judge our doctrine. They can judge our buildings. They can judge our family values, our books, our core beliefs. But the one thing the world can't stop, the one thing they can't take away is our love. Our love for each other. And our love for all people who are made in God's image. Because when we do that in Jesus' name, when we truly love others, no one can stop that, right? 
No one can badmouth that. The work of the Lord goes before us. Think about that. What if the church right now, the church of our day, what if instead of being identified by what we are against, instead we were identified by what we are for? Think about that. We are for loving our neighbor. We are for the value of all human life. We are for peace. We are for reconciliation and redemption and restoration of all things, all people, in all situations. What a wonder it would be to the surrounding world if God's people, the church, that we were that kind of witness. May God use us. May God help us, his church, to let the world know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that Jesus saves. Thirdly, we see there that we need to fear the Lord. This episode here in Joshua served as a way for the church to fear the Lord their God. Least God's miraculous works just become normal for the people. It was Yahweh God's will that these signs and these wonders should point people toward him and teach them to fear him. God's miracles, God's wonders were to teach the people to fear him. What do we mean by fearing the Lord? Simply means this. To worship the Lord. To worship Yahweh their God. We are to worship. We are to devote our lives to the praise and glory of the one true God. This is why we gather here today on the Lord's Day. And we worship our great God because we fear him. Not that we are afraid of him. Not because we are hoping we won't get into trouble with him but because we are keenly aware that he is the Lord of heaven and earth and he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to spare us from his wrath and to usher us into a new and better life, a new and better land, a, a new heavens and a new earth that we one day will inherit. And so may the preaching of God's word and the partaking of the sacraments May they be a reminder to us to fear the Lord God, to worship him for who he is, and what he has done. And that is the one big thing that we need to be reminded of this morning. This is the Lord's normal means of calling people to faithfulness, to fear him. This normal way that God does this is not necessarily through signs and, and wonders, but through the faithful, normal, ordinary means of grace that we partake of week after week after week to remind us and to encourage us to worship him and to fear him. And this morning, be reminded, be reminded, know and fear that the Lord is good and that his steadfast love endures forever. I do not know everything that every one of you are going through this morning. But I do know that many of you are going through some hard things. Perhaps you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Perhaps there's great fear 
of losing your job and not being able to provide for your family. Perhaps a friend or a family member is bringing you tremendous heartache, worry. Perhaps it is sickness. No matter what it is, remember. Remember the gospel. Remember that God in Christ Jesus is taking care of your greatest needs. How much more will he provide in your everyday life? Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he uttered. May God be gracious to us as he has been to remind us of his love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that is that wonderful reminder that you are with us, that you are with your people, that you were with them as they crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land, that you were with them even as they were scattered among the nations, and that you are with us now because the Lord Jesus Christ sits and reigns as king and head of his church, and that he has said, behold, I am with you always to the end of days. We thank you for that great reminder. Lord, remind us again and again and again. Help us to keep coming back to these means of grace to strengthen our faith, Lord. Help us to hope and trust in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.